this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So a real quick observation as we begin uh, today. An observation that I, I, you may not necessarily want to hear, but we all know in the next month, all of us, regardless of who you are, regardless of how old, how young you are, regardless if you believe in Jesus or not, Observation, this is something you're going to struggle with in the next four weeks, probably more than any other month of the year. What am I talking about? Empty calories. Tis the season, isn't it? You know, when sweets and, and junk food, all those things that, 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 that taste so good in the moment that, that we know ultimately is not great for us, we just can't resist. Like, seriously, does... Does anyone look at the month of December and say, December is the month of healthy eating. I'm going to stop sugar. I'm going to stop sweets. I'm going to stop, you know, junk food. No, 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 no. We actually self-justify more in this month than any other month. We, we tell ourselves, listen, listen, when January comes, that's, that's when I'm going to get healthy. That's when I'm going to cut it out. I'm going to get back to the gym. I'm going to, I'm going to shed those extra pounds. Anecdotally, I believe December is the month more than any month that we consume ridiculous amounts of empty calories. Now listen, listen, listen. This may seem judgmental, but it's not. It's, it's purely an observation because I, I struggle in the same way as all of you. My go-to, and I'll be real honest with you, not just in December, but in every month is potato chips, salt and vinegar to be specific. Like we're, we're actually recording this in the morning and there's a part of me that just wants to bust it out and enjoy it right now, but I can see the look on our camera guy's face and so I'm not going to put you through having to watch me eat and crunch my way through. But, but empty calories is that reality. Like I love just the title of it. We are consuming something that we know is going to maybe make us full for a moment, but it's ultimately not going to to satisfy, that we're going to be hungry again. And really pushed to the point, we realize that simply consuming empty calories is actually incredibly unhealthy for us. That if we eat too much of them, it can begin to negatively impact all of life. Okay, listen, listen, I know you did not jump on YouTube or listen this morning to to hear about empty calories. You're like, great, thanks a lot. December, now you're gonna guilt me. No, 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 just an observation. But I want this to become perhaps more of an image for us as we begin this new series. That oftentimes I wonder in the midst of life that we may consume many things, that our lives may be full, yet at the same time, we feel rather empty inside. That the things that, that we are pursuing in life are not truly bringing satisfaction. As we draw closer to Christmas, we want to begin a series called Chasing Contentment. It's a series that, that I hope really kind of allows us to pause and to reflect and to say, where am I finding that ultimate contentment and satisfaction in life? And, and I use the word chasing very deliberately and intentionally. Because I believe to find contentment, we need to be active and intentional with what we are doing in life. Or what ends up happening 
is we will too easily begin to consume the things of this world that ultimately don't bring satisfaction, don't bring meaning. One of my favorite lines of Jesus is when he says, I have come so that you may have the abundant life. A life that is worth living up. A life that is truly full. The next number of weeks, we're going we're gonna to unpack what does this begin to look like? How can we chase contentment in a meaningful way that will not leave us feeling empty inside? Because no matter who you are, young, old, whether you, you believe in Jesus or not, maybe you're at a place where you're thinking, yeah, I, I live a really full life. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm pursuing a lot of things. But if I'm being honest, I'm lacking a sense of meaning, a deeper sense of joy, contentment and satisfaction within. That's what I want to talk about. So what does that begin to look like? So to kick off our series, I want to I turn to perhaps a, a very familiar passage in the Bible. It's part of the Christmas story. Now, regardless of, of, of how much you know about the Bible, you, you probably know the general gist of the Christmas story. And, and one of the challenges, one of the difficulties, is it becomes very predictable. We kind of know the characters, we, we know what happens, and we just kind of roll through it. And oftentimes, it's in just kind of rolling through it that we miss some of the subtleties that oftentimes prove some of the greatest learnings for us. So I want to turn to a particular passage where it's the announcement of the birth of, of Jesus from the angels to the shepherds. And, and I believe it's in this story that we see one of the biggest lessons learned of how we can find contentment in the midst of life. Not only where we find contentment, but, but where we should not be looking to find contentment in life. And so we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. And this is what we read. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, 
glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now perhaps that that is a familiar or a more familiar story to you. It's the account of there were a bunch of shepherds out in the fields near Bethlehem. Now, shepherds was kind of an ordinary, mediocre job. It it wasn't a job that that you would grow up thinking, you know, if I want to find ultimate contentment and satisfaction in life, I want to be a shepherd. I mean, shepherds were were lonely, always having to, to battle the elements, looking after other people's property. And to make matters worse is, is shepherds were actually looked down upon within society. And so real satisfaction, real contentment wouldn't be in becoming a shepherd. And yet on this one particular night, the angel appears. And and I love how the angel says, don't be terrified. I mean, yeah, no kidding. Who wouldn't be terrified if suddenly an angel appeared before you and the heavens started to rip apart? And they told him about the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, in the town of Bethlehem. And then suddenly this this one angel is, is joined by the army of angels. Like, I don't know. I I could be speculating, but I'm thinking laser light show here, like best fireworks ever. Like suddenly the the heavens open up, the sky is torn apart, and you have the angelic chorus singing glory to God in the highest heavens. Like that would have been unbelievable. And then the shepherds go. But let's be honest, who wouldn't have gone? Even if you didn't believe, even if you thought you were seeing things, even if you thought this was completely out to lunch, of course you were going to go. And they find a baby. And it almost becomes predictable, right? But here's the point. Here's the thing. The point of the story, the last verse always gets me. When it simply says this. After everything they had seen, they'd hung out with angels. They'd hung out with Jesus, the Savior of the world. And then in verse 20, the big crescendo is the shepherds went back to their flocks. They went right back to the very place where it all began. Their circumstance and their situation hadn't changed. Yet suddenly, they were filled with this incredible sense of joy. Because we're told that they went back glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and everything they had seen. I think one of the amazing lessons that we see in the shepherds is that their sense of joy was not found in something, but rather someone, Jesus. You see, their joy wasn't found in the fact of, now we've seen Jesus, now we've had an encounter with angels, now I'm going to be living a better life, I'm going to have a better job. No, they went right back to where it all Which is an important lesson for us in that. Because oftentimes in our world, we think that joy and contentment comes when our circumstances change. If I can just get the better job, if I can just meet the person of my dreams, if I can just have a family, if if, if I can just do a little bit better, we think that joy is something that is eluding us because we haven't achieved that something yet in life. And that that happens for us whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. Because the Christian version goes like this. 
that yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe in Jesus. And if God would just do this something for me, then, then I'll be joyful. These shepherds encountered Jesus their lives externally didn't change. Their joy was found not in something, but rather in someone. I often wonder that one of the great tragedies of our lives is that we live incredibly full lives. We are pursuing many things, that, that, that better job, a greater raise, a nicer house, a better car, uh, a more significant relationship, what, whatever it may be, we're looking for joy in the some things of this world and not in Jesus, the one, the, the only one who can bring ultimate joy. And so the great tragedy is that we live these incredibly full lives, yet we seem empty. Inside. We actually try to live such full lives as a bit of a disguise or maybe even a distraction to others. But the fullness of lives are just like consuming empty calories. Not only do they not satisfy, but they can begin to lead us down a path that is incredibly unhealthy. Jesus' continual invitation is to come and follow him, to find life and meaning ultimately in him. You know, the very words, the, the announcement that the angel gave to the shepherds is the very same promise that, that is given to you here today. That in Jesus we are brought good news of great joy for all people. Being content in Jesus is one of the realities that our joy is found not in God just simply changing the external environment around us because that may not always be the case. We see time and time again, there's, there's moments where, where, where we may pray and we may ask and the situation never actually changes. And it's a reminder to not put the joy in the circumstances or the situations, but rather finding joy in Jesus. So what does this look like? Because maybe you're sitting there thinking, yeah, you know what? I live an incredibly full life, but I'm empty inside. And so I, I want this joy that only Jesus can bring. Like, what, is it, what does it mean to begin to follow him, let me suggest two practices that, that help us pursue Jesus and, and allow joy to become found in him and not the things of this world. The first thing, and this is a big one, is fight comparison. Theodore Roosevelt so, so aptly said that comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. It, it robs us from joy in this world. Why? Because we start to look around and suddenly our sense of dissatisfaction is, is not in actually what we have, but in realizing that someone may have 
more than us. And so we compare. We look at what we have, and it's not as great as someone else. And, and suddenly, because of that comparison, suddenly there seems to be a lack of joy. Or the, the faith version, the Christian version, is we, we ask God to, to intervene and to, and to step in and, and to do something in our lives. And, and we see God doing incredible things in other people's lives. And, and we're like, well, well, why does God work in their lives and, and, and not in mine in the same way? Why doesn't God change my circumstance? Why doesn't God provide me a better job? Why doesn't God bring healing in, in, in my life? What? But you see what we're doing there? We're comparing what God is doing in someone else's life to what God we think may not be doing in our lives. And that robs us of our joy. Comparison can be so destructive because comparison wants us to consume the empty calories of this world, to, to try to find joy in the some things of this world instead of the someone, Jesus. So fight comparison. The second thing is, since we've been talking about food, is feed, feed gratitude. You notice what the shepherds did? That after they experienced Jesus, they didn't come back and say, well, hey, what, what the heck? We're still shepherds. No, no, they came back. They told the others and they praised God. They were filled with a sense of gratitude. Gr gratitude is, is an interesting characteristic because anyone can be thankful in the good moments of life. Anyone can be thankful when suddenly your, your circumstances or your situations are changed for the better. But notice the shepherds saw the angels, saw the baby Jesus, went back, still shepherds. They didn't grumble. They didn't complain. They didn't say, God, like, what the heck? Like, why are we still shepherds? Why are we still hanging out with these, with these smelly animals? Like, what is the deal? No, 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 no. They found a place of gratitude. They praised God because their joy was not found in what they did, but rather in knowing God was with So this week, this week, listen, it doesn't really matter to me how many empty calories you consume when it comes to food, but take some time. Think about your life. T take a moment and say, are you chasing contentment in the wrong things? Do you live a full life yet still feel empty inside? Maybe it's because you're chasing the wrong things. Begin to focus on Jesus. Focus on those words when he says, come and follow me and practice it in two ways. Fight comparison. Feed gratitude. And a lot of third one. Focus on Jesus. May your joy, may your contentment be not be found in the some things of this world but the someone, the only one who can give us joy in the midst of all of life, Jesus. And then join us next week as we continue to unpack what, what it looks like to find joy and contentment in a relationship with Jesus. Let me pray as we conclude. And so Lord God, as we 
get closer to Christmas. And we know our attention is being drawn closer to you. We, we see the decorations. We, we, we see the Christmas lights. We, we hear the music on the radio or, or in the stores we walk into. And, and everything is drawing us to you. Yet we confess that too often we consume the empty things of this world. That we still attempt to find joy in a job or in a relationship or in trying to find just that perfect gift for someone else. And, and we realize that those are good things, those are important things. But Jesus, help us to not make them the ultimate in our life. May we focus and follow you. May we fight comparison. May we feed gratitude. May we live in a way that realizes our joy is not in what happens to us or around us, but knowing that you are with us in the midst of all things. And so Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. Now may the Lord fill you with his joy and bring you ultimate peace. For we ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.